You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host. As always, this week, we are talking post-moratorium rental market with one of our newest hires at Strategic Property Group. It is Jessica McGann. She's our Senior Property Manager. Jessica, thank you so much for coming in. Welcome to your debut on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Jessica is post-moratorium, post-apocalypse, really, when it comes to a lot of people's perspective on the rental market in West Australia right now. It's reflective of most cities around the country, to be honest, but it's really hurt a lot of people in Perth, especially that were caught on the hop, getting kicked out, on the last day of March this year. We're three months down the road now. We've got a bit of time to have some perspective, see how that's filtering through into the market. I thought I would get you in to share with everyone today as to what just what's going on right now in that space for those people who are filtering through a new property, but also those who have really found themselves vulnerable and for the first time maybe ever on their mate's couch. Yeah, we are finding that it is a really tough time still for tenants, even though there is good properties out there suited for them, but some they're just not getting over the line. Are you finding that we've got a lot more applicants in general? Is it making your work a lot harder to sift through all of those applications? Are there a lot of great applications coming through or is it just a really big volume of people who are probably on the vulnerable side generally? You've only still got a couple of the good ones at any one point in time. We're finding that we are having a lot of applications come through, but they are maybe not as high quality as we're wanting. So it is quite a process to sift through them and find the good ones, the quality ones, and the ones that we know are going to make great tenants. You only need one, right? We're only looking for one. There's one Just winner. one. Yeah, Just one right. would be good. And how's it going on the price side that we're finding at the moment? Um, so we're finding that prices are at a higher point at the moment and we are finding that a lot of people are coming in at just above the asking price to ensure that they do secure the property. What we've found over the last maybe nine months here at Strategic is that if we overprice a property, we're actually not getting that many applicants. But when we're putting it at market price, we're getting a huge amount of competition above that market price. Are we still finding that? Yeah, I think that is a really effective way to market your property is putting it at the right price for the area. And we're then seeing a lot more tenants come through and applying, even if it's $10 more, $20 more, but it's also giving us a larger tenant pool. Now, the stats came through from Rewa last week is saying that we've just hit $425 a week as a median on the rental space. That's up from 350 a year ago where it was languishing for quite a while. But something I'll note there is it's still sitting well below that high of $475 a week, which was only still in 2019. So whilst people are starting to feel the pinch, we're $75 up on last year, year on year. We're still 50 bucks a week lower than where it was two years ago. Yeah, I am having those conversations with owners still saying that they're struggling. The COVID period has really damaged some of their pockets and it's just getting it back up to where they feel comfortable and they want to do some upgrades and things to their properties, but it is still that slightly lower bottom line. Talk to us about the vacancy rate. Our vacancy rate is currently 0.9%, which has come down dramatically. We are actually at a record low, whereas only a couple of years ago, we were at 7.5%. So the market is looking very different to what it was only three years ago. Look, three years ago, you were crashing around as a property manager, working twice as hard trying to get a rental field, right? What was the difference? What was the feel back then three years ago in, say, 2018 compared to now? How's your work changed? 
Yeah, so I do remember when we would go to home opens and we'd be struggling to get people to show up. So you'd turn up, you'd open the house, you'd welcome people in, but there would be no one there. Whereas now we're seeing 15 plus applications come in through at times ready to move in straight away. Do you see this vacancy rate sticking around at 0.9% or at least around that 1% mark, which is well below that natural 3 to 4% level? Is it, are we going to have this for quite a while? I feel like it's here to stay for a while, especially considering there isn't a lot on the market at the moment, but we will see more owners coming into the market, purchasing properties for investments. Uh, I do think that's on the rise. So another cool data point is that we're down to about 2,800 properties for lease at the moment, which I'm pretty sure is down from about 4,000 last year, if if I'm right there, Jess. Um, What does that mean for the availability of options for people out there? They're not all going to be family homes, are they? No, that's right. So they may be forced into going down to a different option, whether that be an apartment or, you know, a smaller house and fitting a larger family into a smaller home because of the rent prices that have gone up so much. Some people can't afford to live in that big five bedroom, two bathroom home anymore. So we're finding that people are going into smaller properties. And also if they have pets, we've found quite a few people have actually had to rehome their pets. Wow. So that's massive right now. I would have thought that a lot of the applicants you're getting, pretty good quality tenants, all in all, good references. But because they're just always getting beaten out by that one person without a pet, having to make some tough decisions. Yeah, that's it. And I know there's been some recent discussions um, with Demers actually in regards to whether they're going to pass pets being allowed to be at properties. And basically, the owners won't be able to deny someone because if they have a pet. So no discrimination based on pets, but I mean, that doesn't sound fair to me. As a landlord, we all know that pets damage our properties a lot quicker than humans do. That's it. And you really want to make sure that they have great references when they have a pet. Talking about landlords, every week we obviously get a lot of inquiries about new landlords looking to work with us as a property management business. What are you finding are the reasons they're coming to us? Are they all just brand new purchases of investment properties demonstrating more investors coming into the market, more supply hopefully for that rental market? Or are a lot of those that are coming to us moving from other property management businesses? And if so, why? We have found recently there has been quite a few moving from other agents, which creates less work for us because we literally just transfer the management and facilitate that smooth process. However, we have found that the feedback lately has been that their property is not being handed back to them in a good condition. It's not being handed back to them how they handed it over at the beginning. So when the tenant vacates, they expect it to be to a certain level and they're just not getting that. And that's the reason they're moving property manager from somewhere else to us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's a real shame and I would have thought that in a time like this where there's growth in the industry, there's a lot less leasing on a weekly basis happening this year versus last year, so probably a bit less work for property managers in a way, that they'd really be looking after their properties. It is unfortunate because that is such a huge part of our job is to ensure that the property is kept to a standard and maintained really well. And that comes down to, in my opinion, having a really good property condition report at the start, making sure that all that information is there, but also regular inspections. And one thing that I think we're getting in terms of inquiries recently is uh, still a few people asking about that flat fee, right? And that flat all-in inclusive fee, maybe it's a 10 to 12% fee. Can you give a bit of insight from your experience as to how that may affect the service? I feel as though when you have a flat fee, you may not be getting that high-end service that you're really looking for. And maybe the consequence of that is that your property isn't being maintained to the way that you would expect it to be maintained too. And you may not be getting that communication that you are really looking for. 
at the end of the day, it's a business, right? So if you're incentivizing your property manager by paying them a nominal fee to do that inspection, they're probably looking to do it more often than they need to, right? But that's keeping the place as clean and tidy as possible because the tenants are always on their toes. When they're not doing that, when there's an all-inclusive fee, they're not incentivized to come often at all. The tenants get lazy. And unfortunately, what happens is as a landlord, you're putting your head in the sand for as long as possible. You finally get three, four years down the track when the tenant wants to leave because they're moving on. And geez, we've got three, $4,000 worth of damage here because no one was really keeping track of what was going on. It all seems to be saving your money up front, but on the back end, bam, we need brand new carpets, we need the walls painted, the air conditioner hasn't been working for a while, the shower's been leaking and now there's problems in the walls. All that stuff sort of builds up, right? Yeah, that's it. And it's really about quality over quantity in our business. Now, with this demand-supply ratio in the rental market being so tight that we're still at a vacancy rate at 0.9%, and as you said, looking at for that to be the same for quite a while going forward, are we seeing people offering breakthrough prices where you believe we're going to get to that 475 mark by the end of the year? I think it is really suburb dependent at the moment. So we are seeing that the higher end is definitely coming from the more valued suburbs. If you're closer to the beach, uh, close to great schools, all those sorts of dynamics make a difference in the rent price. It gets to a point there where a lot of people just can't afford it, right? Especially with the lockdowns we've been having, a lot of the casual workers moved off. These are people who do rent, especially the lower income, people on minimum wage. They get to a point where they just can't afford it, even if the market is moving that way. And the only people that are offering overs are really doing so to compensate for the fact that their application isn't fantastic. Yeah, and that's where we're seeing them having to change their way of living and possibly decrease their size in property that they're going for. Now, one question we had that I was going to save for our Q&A session coming up in a couple of weeks on the podcast, but thought, look, let's ask it now whilst you're in the room. I got a question come in through from Jane, who's asked, where would I best be using my money in terms of marketing to be able to get get the best tenants in as fast as possible? I'm assuming she means realestate.com, Rewired Domain, all these places. What are you thinking? Do we still need the signboards at the front of the house? Yeah, so times have definitely changed with the signboards. So we, we really aren't recommending them. We don't want our clients to be wasting valuable profits on something such as a signboard when our market is really tight still. So... We do advertise on realestate.com.au because that has about 94% of the traffic. So it is a really high traffic site. Tenants just love that over anything else because of how simple and easy it is. Everything's well laid out and the inquiries come direct to us. But other great websites are Rewa. And being a real member, we do like to use that as well. Is it worth upgrading up to the premier status or in a market like this, is it really necessary? No, not so much. I think that's where you can also save your your valuable funds on having a great photographer that does amazing photos, but that really stands out without having to spend the extra money on making it a premier advertisement. It only needs to be a highlight so everyone can see. Look, I'm really on the same page with you. Those agents, those property managers who are suggesting signboards really, I think they're just advertising themselves. You know, 95% yeah. of a signboard is just their company logo and their branding and maybe their face, right? It's not actually talking about what you're getting in the lease. As well as that, you know, those companies who are putting in drone photos, for example, in a lease, unless this is a really luxury property, we don't need to be selling the location. People already know the location. They need to be sold the lifestyle inside in terms of the amenities, right? And those photos can be used as well as part of the property condition report. Yeah, and that's it. You want to really sell the property and you don't want to be spending all this money on a signboard that, yes, people are going to drive past and see it, but 
at the end of the day, that's not going to get you the application through the door. Having a really well-presented advertisement with really informative text will get that tenant through to the inquiry stage and then through the property. Now, if I can pull it back to how things are going in the market right now, some commentary that's been coming out on the sales side is that the market's been taking a little bit of a breather in that in June, we only had a 0.2% rise for the month. And again, take that into perspective, we've had 7% of a rise on the sales side over the last six months. So going into that winter period, you expect things to slow down a little bit on the sales side. I'm not expecting to hear that on the rental side, just given how tight that vacancy rate is. Got any examples, Jess, of the last couple of weeks at work of how you've been going on the letting side, median house price, median rental sort of area. What can you give us there just as a bit of a story? Tell us a story, Jess. Yeah, so we've got this beautiful property in Heathridge and that's recently come to market. And we've had a really high amount of interest on that property even prior to the first home open. Unfortunately, as we have gone into a snap lockdown, that did affect our first home open going ahead. But we have still had a huge amount of interest and really quality applicants coming through, applying at $50 more than the asking price. Wow. So we haven't even had a home open yet. And we've had applicants coming through 50 bucks above the hammer. And yeah. there you go. So that, that just demonstrates that that rental market is still nuts. So how long do you want to wait as a landlord if you've got a good applicant and you haven't even had a home open yet before you're choosing these applicants? So you're finding that these guys are moving quick and we're you know, spending a week or two sifting through them and getting back and they've said, look, sorry, I've, I've, you know, I've been picked with another place. The high quality tenants are going to be snapped up really quickly. So you do want to act on those applications fast to ensure that you're going to secure that amazing applicant for that property. With regards to lease terms, you used to see a lot of six to 12 months going on out there. Are we still seeing six month leases, 12 months? Are we, are we seeing people out putting applications in for two, three years now? We are. We're starting to get people that want to apply for 12 to 24 months because they want to secure it in at that rent price. I feel that tenants are quite nervous that the market is still going to rise and that they really want to secure it in at that agreed price. Now, that's all well and good that we can give them a two-year lease. That helps us as a landlord in terms of securing that, not having to pay letting fees in 12 months. But how do we protect ourselves to make sure that whilst we're giving them access to this property for 24 months, we're not freezing the rental price? So we need to have clear conversations with the tenants when they sign on and just say to them that, you know, being that the market is ever-changing at the moment, that we are going to include a rent review into their lease agreement. So that's the clause in the agreement? That's it. Just being really open and honest with them so that they're aware of what's happening. Is there a cap we have to provide there or can it just be open slather? We sign them up at 520 and then you know, on the second year, we make it 700. That can't happen, can it? It can't. So we do need to make sure that it is a fair increase, whether that be to market value and during that time, we have a look and see what the market's doing or we agree to a fixed price of 10 to $20 per week. Okay. So that look that makes a lot of sense. If we're all going into it with our eyes open, we understand what's going on. Uh, I really think that those guys who have signed on to two, year, two to three year leases in the last year or so, just before things really have started to move, are the smart ones, especially if they're able to negotiate, not having a rent review period over that time there. They're currently living quite thrifty, really. Yeah, that's it. And I think because our market changed so fast, no one expected what was going to happen. So we do have a lot of tenants that are seeing that their rents are increasing, even if they have been in the property for a couple of years. So it is a bit of a shock to the system for them. However, our landlords have really had it tough for the last few years. 
final piece of advice to both our landlord clients out there who are listening today, but also those people who are just out with their own property managers getting on, do you have any advice for them moving into the next phase of the cycle as to how they're going to be looking to maximize their, their rental returns, right? Is it about getting the old tenants out and getting new ones in? And is it about keeping them and just negotiating the best price? Is it about renovating their property? What is it that's going to give them the best return, the best yield on what is a property that is growing in value as well? I think it's really about looking at your quality of tenancy. So if they're not willing to pay that increased rate when they have had it so good for the last few years, then it may be time for you to move on. Remarket the property, have a look, see if you need to do any upgrades or repainting, those sorts of things that are going to push you over the line to get that $20 extra, $30 extra per week. Anything for our landlords is going to help them along the way. That's really good advice. Last piece of advice I'll give, which is one we've had from Carlo Bordi a couple of weeks ago, is that if you're going to spend too long in between tenants, renovating, not having it on the market, then the interest payments on your property and all the expenses along the way don't actually become tax deductible for you. So a little bit of advice I would give is even if you're going to be renovating the property, get that property on the market at least. Have it there rented out so the tax office can see it's available for rent. Not to say that you secure a tenant at that point in time, but at least your expenses will still be deductible in that time frame. And then you can choose to move on an applicant when it suits you. Jess McGann, our Senior Property Manager at Strategic Property Management. Well done on your debut on the podcast. It will be the first of many. Uh, Looking forward to having you in again in the next few months, giving us another update on the market. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!